TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Hour number two to get right with Reggie KG on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, yep. my man Alec Met for holding it down for you here on your Turn It On, Leave It On station. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app, the truckwreck.com text line 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053. If you want to get in on the conversation, Warriors-Lakers game two about to go down in San Francisco. Can the Lakers take a 2-0 series lead or will we get vintage Stephen Curry? We'll preview that here in just a moment. At Kevin Gray Sports, at Reg Atatula, Alec on the radio on Twitter if you want to give him a follow there. Coming up in about 18 minutes, Levi Weaver of The Athletic covering all things Major League Baseball going to join us. To talk a little Rangers, talk a little Major League Baseball with us. Looking forward to that at 820 with Levi Weaver of The Athletic. But we have to get you ready for game two. The only game in the association tonight in the NBA playoffs as the Golden State Warriors look to avoid an 0-2 hole going back to Los Angeles. Meanwhile, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who had 30-23 and four blocks who played every single minute of the second half looks to take a 2-0 series lead, taking it back to Los Angeles. I'm fascinated by tonight's game, Reg, because Mm -hmm. we've seen what the Warriors were able to overcome in their first-round series against the Sacramento Kings. A lot different tests when it comes to the Lakers and what they've been able to put together, particularly in game one, where I don't know if the Warriors have an answer for one, Anthony Davis after what he did in game one. I think the question becomes, which Anthony Davis are you getting? Agreed. Now, when it comes down to it of late, and when I say of late, maybe the last three, four months, the Anthony Davis that we've gotten, at least in one respect, has seemed to be the same. He's defensively really, really tough. And I've said this a couple times, and you know this by heart at this point. I wonder how many times I bring some of these things up, and you're like, Reggie, you say this all the time. Um... The Warriors get a lot of credit for being great at threes, in which they really they're incredible. Mm-hmm. They also are great at getting to the rim, while also not often having that much height. If you think about it, since they let like Andrew Bogut and David Lee go, they haven't really had a ton of height. Like Zaza Pachulia, uh, the the I guess like the second iteration of the Warriors dynasty, and I think we're talking about what like eight years at this point. So I feel comfortable saying that. Um, has been one that it hasn't been wildly large, right? You you had Harrison Barnes playing lots of minutes at some points, and now you've gone to this place where now you're getting like the likes of uh, Kevon Looney getting a lot of minutes as your big or maybe your only big with Draymond Green, and Draymond Green being on the floor is always going to be a small four or sometimes even the smallest five. 
Um, they've still managed to get to the rim with a lot of movement and chaotic backdoor cutting and things like that, so they get layups at the rim. A guy like Anthony Davis, who is a true defensive anchor, makes that damn near impossible when he's at his greatest and really, really difficult when he's just at his normal. And so, regardless, is this going to be a team that can shoot at the highest levels um, that they are capable of? That's a question to be had. But Anthony Davis played 44 minutes in game one. That's right. And had 30 and 20. Almost had 30 and 20 defensive rebounds. That's right. Uh this, these playoffs, he's ping pong back and forth. He's had a great game and an okay game. And I don't. it's not like it's a large enough sample for me to go, that's definitely what's going to happen. However, we're on watch for that, especially considering he put in a lot of time on the floor. And so is he going to be able to continue to dominate in the way with when it comes to rebounds, which I think, yes. When it comes to scoring, I'm like, maybe. Um, so I'm interested to see how that goes. Plus the institutional knowledge, the, just the the, the – length of time that this team has been together and how how many different things that they've experienced for the Warriors I think will give them an opportunity to be able to counter and maybe have some different ideas like one thing that they did late in the game where you saw the Lakers start taking a whole bunch of bad shots in game one was because the Warriors were like okay so they're killing us inside let's go to a zone like they had that in the bag yeah and that they also started getting out of transition too on offense but that starts with getting stops and getting rebounds Mm -hmm. and then getting outlets this is something where I trust the tactical acumen of the Warriors, and I'm interested in see what they bring to this game. And I think that'll make it tough uh, for the Lakers in this one. Yeah, the story coming into the series, obviously the storied rivalry between LeBron James and Stephen Curry and the amount of times they've gone at each other. When Stephen Curry obviously being with the Warriors, LeBron James and his iteration with the Cleveland Cavaliers. But this is about Anthony Davis and his ability to vaporize the paint. Because the approach that appears the Lakers are taking is, look, we don't care about Kevon Looney and Draymond Green shooting the basketball. You are here to maximize your ability to rebound the basketball and to be able to get things and push things and transition when the opportunities arise for themselves. I mean, the Warriors, they don't run a lot of screening roles. They're a team that runs shooters off a lot of, you know, randomness within their offense to get guys open. And for them, it comes down to them knocking down shots. I mean, look, in game one, they went, what, 21 to 53 from three? That's correct. Shooting nearly, what? 39.6, so 40% from three. You know, so their game is going to be making shots, but also finding opportunities within transition based on what you were talking about in terms of getting stops. Because if you can turn the Lakers into a jump shooting team, and I think they tried to do some of that early on, packing the paint and trying to make Reeves, Achimura, and some of these other guys make shots from distance – you can get the Lakers into a bad spot because they're traditionally not a great long-distance shooting team as evidenced throughout the course of the season. And also in the playoffs where LeBron has been awful from downtown so far in the NBA playoffs. That's the tough thing about it, though. The Lakers shot 24% from game in, from three in game one. They didn't yeah. shoot well. They shot well enough in particular times mm-hmm. and then just were really good at getting to the rim. So I do wonder if you get one of the patented role-player games, right? If uh, D'Angelo Russell has him an incredible night, and he had 19 points and last he was great. He was great wanna... in the third quarter, right. particularly for the Lakers, yeah. But if you get one of those nights where somebody decides to have a podium game, Rui Hachimura decides he <laughs> wants to be that guy, which apparently... Like, it, He's got what, it in him. You know what I like to call those nights? Or I don't even know if I call these nights, but what I say when those things happen, who does this guy think he is? <laughs> right? When that player is like, he clearly does not realize how good he is, and he thinks, he's somebody, in enti- Memphis. He thinks yes. he's somebody entirely different than he is, and he's just going to play like that for a night. 
Um, if one of those nights happen, that could be really bad for the Warriors. Although, hear me out on this. Klay Thompson hasn't entirely looked like Klay Thompson. And I'm not certain that he's the one that has to bounce back. But if he has bounce back or this is the one that I think is like the real X factor for like, you know, even though that's kind of an overused trope. Andrew Wiggins is a guy that, you know, there's not a lot of expectation on, but he usually can bring a lot of energy, a lot of like defensive rebounding or even offensive rebounding, you know, diving to the rim, energy, those types of things. But he's still working back from that extended absence. Mm -hmm. What happens if he starts getting into a flow of a game and maybe hitting some of those corner threes and maybe diving in and helping with rebounding and maybe, um, you know, getting in transition and some of these things? I wonder what it looks like if Andrew Wiggins gets going in this contest because we haven't really seen Andrew Wiggins be um, as involved as you would hope him to be yet in these playoffs. Yeah, that's where the versatility of Andrew Wiggins comes in because any honestly, anything that you get from Wiggins offensively is bonus because defensively is what his calling card needs to be throughout the course of this series. But obviously, as we get ready for game number two, some news in this game. Uh-huh. Uh, Jamichael Green is going to start in place of Kevon Looney as Looney is dealing with illness. So, oh boy, I'm fascinated by that because we saw in game one when the Warriors decided to go small. Well, yeah, they're going to get punished inside in terms of you know some of the rebounding aspects. They can push the ball a lot better when they go small. Now, that means they're going to make a lot of jump shots in order to make that go. This is a team that doesn't get to the free throw line a lot. But you can be able to make some things happen in transition by going a little bit smaller if you're the Golden State Warriors. All right, I'm about to ask you something that I don't think you have an answer to. Let me know. Um, okay, I just figured out via Anthony Slater, who covers the Warriors for um, The Athletic. Mm-hmm. The Warriors, and I'm reading this verbatim from his qu- tweet about 30 minutes ago. Quote, the Warriors say Kevon Looney is not feeling well, but will attempt to play. Sounds like it is at least part of the reason for the Jamichael Green for Looney starting lineup swap. So... Kevon Looney will still play in this game. How many minutes he plays is going to be different. Because this is the thing with Jermichael Green. Kevon Looney has the, t- the the tricks in the trade of being a center, even though he's not like, he's not a jumper anymore. No. And he's not like the tallest, but he knows kind of how to fight down low in Great order for to positioning kind of and rebounding as neutralize well. some of mm-hmm. these things. Jermichael Green is a solid big, don't get me wrong. He doesn't have all of that, and I think that that opens him up to being manhandled in a way, even though he can add some shooting and spacing where you might get some five outlooks. But um, if he is playing something like 20-something, 30 minutes in this game in a role reversal where Jermichael Green in game one played eight minutes, that really changed the the dynamic on this paint and how they're able to get you know stop things from getting in there. Because one thing about LeBron James, while he has been kind of mid in these playoffs, and nobody wants to say it because LeBron James, uh, when he did that thing in 2016, we decided we're just not going to say nothing bad about him lest he hear and do something crazy. Um, <laughs> he hasn't been all that great, except when he decides, let me get downhill to the rack. And if if that, you know, the resistance is even less now and it's Jermichael Green, and again, no shade to Jermichael Green, but if they have those instances... This could actually get really interesting for the Los Angeles Lakers here, right? Because sometimes they get to these places where they decide to start shooting too much. But at any time when they refocus on getting to the rim, they are going to be successful against these Warriors. Yeah, because if I'm Los Angeles and I figure Michael Green is going to get the start for Golden State, I'm trying to bring him into action quite a bit. Because if I can get Anthony Davis involved in some action offensively, and now I'm having you know Green switch out on whomever is involved in pick-and-roll situations – and I get Anthony Davis rolling to the basket, which he is very capable of of doing, I can punish you all night long in the paint 
if I want to. Or if the Lakers are saying, look, we're going to put Anthony Davis on the block. Good luck with that, Jermichael Green. And we're going to play through Anthony Davis on the block. Again, another answer that the Warriors do not have to try and stop Davis, which, again, goes back to why he is probably the most important player in the series, aside from what you're going to get normally what we believe from Steph, Clay, and Draymond in some respects. That, to me, is why Anthony Davis is going to be a massive part of this game. Are we going to see vintage Steph tonight? Are you inclined to think that vintage Steph, the way that we saw him in Game 7, drop those 50 against the Sacramento Kings, some semblance of that is going to show up tonight in a game they kind of have to have because going down 0-2 to Los Angeles, knowing how well the Lakers are starting to gel right now, I don't think is something Golden State is interested in doing in this series. Uh, you can't see this if you're just uh, listening. If you're watching on any of our streaming situations, you will see I'm twirling the finger. This is the narrative alarm. I'm allowing you to know that I'm venturing into narrative territory. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I fully believe in Steph Curry as jump on my back guy now. <laughs> like, there was really interesting pieces wrote in The Athletic about that uh, game seven with the Grizzlies mm-hmm. uh, where he, at halftime, told them, just, like, follow me. I will take you to the promised land. And he absolutely did. Yeah. And, of course, like, this is not the only thing. This is not based solely on this. But I've gotten to a point where I'm like, all right, you done doubted this dude a little too much on any of the things that he's capable of. Yeah, just believe it. Like, just believe it, and you're in the better situation here. Yeah, I believe that he's capable of just going, yo, this is how we're going to do it. Uh, Will that lead to a win is what I've been dealing with over here because I can tell you the stats about how many times a a home team after losing game one ultimately wins game two. That, what I saw, what I've seen out of Anthony Davis and his capability in the middle with less resistance – scares the hell out of me but also what scares the hell out of me is Steph Curry just deciding that he wants to win a basketball game so I'm bouncing back and forth um but I'm actually really starting to think the Lakers might do this one of the things that LeBron James said after game one which I found very interesting is the idea of rest trying to get as much rest as possible because not just the randomness of the Golden State Warrior offense but the helter-skelter pace at which they play with yeah and trying to get up and down and keep up with them a lot of that being due to Stephen Curry and his ability to run you ragged off of screens and all the places that he can go to on the offensive end. I do wonder how much that will come into play where both teams should be a little bit more even strength given the fact now that they have played uh, each other once in the series with the Lakers and coming in game one off of three days of rest. Golden State had just played on Sunday before they initiated that game on, on Tuesday. So, you know what? I'm going to make the reckless call. Lock me in. Lakers win game two. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Y'all going to be flaming me by the end of the night. I know it. I, I, lock look, me in. It I'm, don't matter. I'm going to take the Warriors. I'm going to pick Warriors in game. That's the in, right way to go. In game two here. Because nobody's going to flame you for that pick. Um, But no, I, I really believe in what you were talking about in terms of what Steph was able to do in game seven, putting the team on his back and why this is one of those vintage, all right, y'all climb on my back. I'm taking you back to Los Angeles, tie 1-1. That feels like that night is upon us but we will find out as the lakers and the warriors get ready to tip off in game two at the chase center in san francisco lebron and company looking to go up 2-0 meanwhile steph and company looking to go back to los angeles tied at one game apiece either way the lakers have done what they needed to do in getting a split in golden state from the 214 calling my bookie and putting my house on la just don't come talk to me about it
Ooh, that's yeah. all I'm saying. Like you have, all, you have uh, all of the agency in the world. Just don't come talk to me about it, because let me tell you who don't got it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, don't worry about it. We'll keep you abreast of everything that's happening in that game, and eventually when it starts, uh, the Stars Cracking game as well, right here on your only live and local uh, sports programming, right here, 105 through the fan. Coming up next here on the Get Right, Levi Weaver of the Athletic. Close. Yeah, Levi Weaver. There it is. Tongue-tied of mm-hmm. the athletic covering Major League Baseball. He joins us next on your home of the Rangers, 105 through the fan. Help me. It's the get right. We're Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. Yes, sir. Alec Med for holding down for you here on this busy Thursday night. Lakers, Warriors having tipped off in Golden State. Meanwhile, we are minutes away from the stars looking to even up their series at one game apiece with the Seattle Kraken. Probably like a half hour if we're keeping it a buck. Well, you know, <laughs> building up the anticipation. There we go. For the stars. Shout out to Peyton Russell. Looking clean. Clean in his captain, Jamie Ben sweater tonight, headed to the American Airlines Center. Don't gas him. Hey, man. He was looking clean. We can be honest. Shout out to Peyton, man. Doing his thing on the morning show, Monday through Friday with Sean, RJ, and Bobby. This week, Jane Slater filling in for RJ Choppy, doing a fantastic job. Shout out to Jane Slater filling in for Choppy this week while he's sunburned vacationing right now wherever he may be right now though we go to the diamond factory hotline you can find him on twitter at three two ephus he is major league baseball writer for the athletic covering all things mlb levi weaver joining us here on the diamond factory hotline levi what's going on Reggie, KG, how are you guys doing? Doing well. even better now that you're here because I've there's been something in baseball that's transpiring that I really wanted to get your perspective on uh, more than anything, which oh, no. is oh no, don't be afraid because uh, <laughs> if you don't have a great answer, we'll just move on. But um, within this context of the new world order of fast-paced baseball with all of the rule changes. We've thought of all the positives, but we haven't thought about the possible unintended consequences. And uh, The Athletic wrote an interesting piece about the uptick in injuries when it comes to starting mm-hmm. pitchers. And I'm wondering, do you believe that these things are correlated? Uh, if there, if there's like causation there, or is this just kind of like an odd happenstance? Yeah, so I, I read that story too, and I had to like really lean into my, my eighth grade science brain. Um, and... And I just don't think it's a big enough data set to know yet. You know, we've seen jumps and in injuries in other years that didn't seem to have any cause. And then, you know, some years it goes down and we don't really know what the cause is. And I think once they really identify the cause, I mean, that's that's something that teams have been trying to figure out for years now. I mean, Jeff Passan wrote a whole book about it. Um, so I think it's interesting. I think it's something to keep an eye on. But until I see something that goes, it is because of the time of the pitch clock and here's why, then, you know, if they keep going up, if, if, you know, from 2023 through 2026, where we go, yeah, right around the time they introduced the pitch clock, everything went haywire. Then I think that's probably a big enough data set to go, all right, we need to, we need to take a look at it. But I think at this point, it's maybe in my mind still, it's not definitive yet. Um, But it is certainly something that I am interested in. And absolutely, you can guarantee something that, big league front offices are interested in great answer fantastic answer thank you for talking me off the ledge because i wasn't (laughs) sure how i felt about it but with that being the case like there's been a lot of things that we are kind of looking at 
really closely because of the change in baseball this season. Has there been any other trends that you have found interesting this early in the season? I love the more stolen bases. I love that they're, uh, yeah, I can't wait. And I think it's going to take a few years for teams to start like built team building based on speed. Um, so I don't know that we're already seeing a big difference now, basically with just teams going, well, here's the guys we had last year. And some of them are fast. Uh, as they start bringing in guys like I can't remember the name of the guy back in the seventies. It was like a track star and the A's signed him just to be a pinch oh, runner. Man. And that's one of my favorite stories. And I'm mad that I can't remember his name. Um, so I think that's great. Uh, I also was that Herb Washington? To, I think, yeah, yeah, I think that's it. So I, it's also fun to me to watch which teams are not participating in the, in the, the speed revolution. So we had a, we had something in the pulse today, which is the athletics, all sport newsletter about the Twins and the Rockies are basically just not stealing bases. And Chris Branch, who writes the newsletter, looked into it, and, and he was like, oh, it's because they're all slow. <laughs> slow players. And uh, he asked me, he said, is this, you know, the Twins are pretty good. The Rockies are not that good. Like, what gives? What, what do you make of it? And my answer was like, I think speed is important. It is a good tool to have, but I think it's, obviously behind, you know, pitching, the ability to make contact, the ability to hit for power, defense. I think all of those things are more important than speed. And I likened it to one of those invincibility stars on Mario Kart, where, like, if you're good at Mario Kart, the invincibility star is really going to help you. If you're driving in the wrong direction, it, it doesn't matter. You're not The, the invincibility star is not going to help you. And the Rockies are just simply driving in the wrong direction right now. Um, but it has been a lot of fun to watch. Just the the, the more attempts, the, the more uh, success at stolen bases, it makes the game more fun, in my opinion. Levi, we have gone through a little bit of this Major League season already. We've seen some terrific performances. Uh, teams that have stood out for you have been whom? We know that the Tampa Bay Rays got off to a fantastic start and are playing extremely well. What has been some other surprises positively for you that you've seen through the early stretch of the Major League season? Yeah, my two favorite storylines collided this week, and it's been a pretty clear winner. The Rays beat the Pirates twice. Uh, in fact, I haven't checked the scores tonight. I've been at, at a – my son's doing a Star Wars uh, – this is way off topic. My son's doing like a Star Wars fencing thing tonight where they're just like beating the crap out of each other with lightsabers. Mm. So I haven't checked, haven't checked the box scores yet, but uh, – as but long as your son's winning, it's all that matters. Yeah, yeah, I, I need yeah. to press pause yeah, on this answer because yeah, 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 I yeah. have questions. Um, what kind of are these? Like the really nice looking lightsabers that are like a hard plastic, or are these like the really kind of crappy ones that you know like <laughs> look like a stack between. of cups? It's kind of in between. So my son got like a really nice one for Christmas a couple of years ago, and he brought it, and they're like, "Nope, that's too big. You're going to hurt somebody." <laughs> and he's 14, and he's playing against adults. I'm like, I feel like it might even the, uh, the score a little bit. Just let him use the big one. Uh, so now they've got kind of slightly smaller ones. But uh, he's he's light. I can see him through the window. He's lightsabering against like a full-grown adult right now. He's 14. It's great. Um, so all of that to say, the Pirates, those have been the, the biggest surprise for me uh, so far this year. Just, you know, 20 and 12, I think, is at, at last glance. They're currently on a four-game losing streak, so I don't know. Maybe the magic's over. But, you know, between Drew Magi, Maggi and uh, Maggi, however you say his last, Ralph Macchio and the Pirates, <laughs> have a great story. We're talking to Levi Weaver, writer of the, the wind-up um on the athletic levi i mean around these parts the astros are sorry the astros the <laughs> rangers no. oh wow yeah that was a, that's a really bad mess up isn't it um 
but the Rangers have had a fantastic start. But when they have slipped up, it has really been, you know, harrowing as it's, you know, been bullpen kind of issues at times. And sometimes the starters not really delivering the way that they want to. Obviously, Bochy's still figuring out the, the, the roster and things, but like, a lot of people talking about the bullpen and like you need to get better at it. And I'm like, you can't really do that until we get closer to the trade deadline and you know what this team is. How does a t- baseball team like philosophically get better early on in the season, but without like trading for someone? Man, that's a great question, and the Rangers are not the only ones asking it. Um, they are fortunately in a better position than the other two teams that I saw talk about it this week. Uh, the Cardinals owner and also Brian Cashman, the GM of the Yankees, both kind of said the same thing, like. We just finished April. Like, nobody's trading anybody yet. So, unless we want to go in, like, MLB the show, create a player mode, you're, you got who you got. And maybe somebody from the minor league shows out. And, you know, like, like Cody Bradford is having a really good season as a starter. Do you call him up and let him pitch out of the bullpen maybe? Um, but I do think the Rangers um, – you know, it, it's funny. I said before the season started that you know, I had some questions about whether the bullpen was going to be good enough to really keep up with the rest of the team and, you know, the idea that they were going to be contenders going into the Cincinnati series, their bullpen had the second best bullpen ERA in the game. And I was like, all right, I was wrong. Well, all right. I was right. (laughs) There's been a few, a few meltdowns lately. Um, I mean, listen, Bruce Bochy is known for being able to operate a bullpen. So he knows way more than me, but I've also watched the Rangers for the last, you know, however many years and covered them for seven years. I don't know that I would put it Jose Leclerc in a high leverage situation right now. And he's shown glimpses in the past where he was dominant and felt like a world beater, but you can almost see it. Like when he's in one of those stretches, like don't put him in there when he's in a bad headspace and he's currently in a bad headspace. So it feels like to me that Bochy's figuring that out based on his post game comments the last couple of nights. Um, But I, I think they probably need about two more dudes and we just need, I don't know, maybe the Pirates will fall off and they can trade for David Bednar. I don't know, but they need, they need a couple of – they need strikeouts is what they need. There's too many you – know, Josh Spores is a strikeout guy, but he also gives up too many home runs. Jose uh, Leclerc is a strikeout guy when he's in a good headspace. So is Jonathan Hernandez. Will Smith seems solid. Dane Dunning was solid, but it looks like he's going to be in the rotation now, but was also not a big strikeout guy. And you just need that guy, the, the proverbial, you know, Aroldis Chapman, not the literal Aroldis Chapman, um, but to just come in and blow guys away and, and get those strikeouts. I do want to ask you one more question when it comes to the Rangers because, you know, the big signing that they had in Jacob deGrom and all the money that they gave him. And, of course, now he's on the, you know, 15-day IL with the right elbow inflammation as you cover the league from a national perspective now, what has been the conversation with the entire Jacob deGrom situation? Is it more so like, look, we knew this was going to happen. It was just a matter of time. Or is there more of just wait it out and then what you get from him is what you get from him? Kind of both. It feels like the general consensus has been something along the lines of like, ah, well, yep, there it is. Um, but here's the thing: he signs for five years and 185 million. And when you look at pitcher contracts, and then you know we've had a month to watch him now and see what he does when he's on the mound. If he was, you know, 2018, 19, was it 19, 17, 18, the years that he pitched 200 innings, if he was still a 200 inning a year guy doing the things that he did now, there's no way the Rangers would have gotten him for five years and 185 million. Like the the risk was based into the con- baked into the contract. Um, 
they basically paid what he's worth. And if he gives you, you know, 120, 130 innings a year and spends a few stints on the IL, that's about what you expected. And that's why the Rangers needed the depth of guys like Dane Dunning and, you know, even uh, from the from the rotation last year, Glenn Otto and Cole Reagans and the guys you got coming up. Ideally, uh, Owen White would be ready at some point soon. Like I said, Cody Bradford's having a good year. Kumar Rocker seems to be off to a good start. Uh, and Jack Leiter exists. So uh, they they do need that depth, and I think that's kind of something that they've planned for. And then you just kind of hope you get lucky and the injury is not too bad. So, Levi, real quick before we let you go, uh, Wander Franco had uh, a lot of people hot behind <laughs> his little uh, – I don't even think we can call it a transfer or, like, flip on his transfer because he already took the ball out of the glove and then decided to flip it before throwing on to first. Uh, yeah. which I personally found fascinating, and I imagine you did as well. Like, what other new worlds of uh, innovation and flair would you like to see in a Major League Baseball? First of all, I want to go on the record as saying I love that, by the way. Um, you know, in basketball, right, a guy gets a breakaway dunk and there's nobody within 30 feet of him. What does he do? He jumps up and does, like, a windmill reverse dunk. And it's like, you, you made the game too easy for him. He has to give himself a side quest to stay interested. So, like, that's... <laughs> It's fine. Let him let him. Now, if he fumbled it, then everybody also would have the right to absolutely point and laugh and go, ha ha, you hot dogged it and you, you, you played yourself. But he didn't. It was fine. And I loved it. And it adds a little flair. I, for one, um, there are two things that I would like to see. One is I would like to see players do more cartwheels when they hit a home run. Just admit that you're happy. It's OK. Do a cartwheel around first base and, you know, slide into home just because it's fun. The other thing is less flair and more to do with an unintended side effect of flair. I was thinking about this last night. So, you know, we've got these new home run celebrations, right? Like the Mariners have the trident and the, the Nationals have like the judges wig and everybody's got their thing that the players have to put on when they hit a home run. But I couldn't help but remember like a couple of a few years ago when Carlos Gomez hit a home run and he pimped it and I think it was Brian McCann was really upset at him. And so by the time Gomez gets home, the pitcher's yelling at him. The catcher's yelling at him. There's a huge kerfuffle at the plate. Everybody's upset. I want to see a batter hit a home run. The pitcher and catcher are upset at him and yelling at him. It turns into a whole thing, and he's just furious, and then he has to go put on a silly hat when he gets to the dugout. That's all I want to see. <laughs> of course, it was Brian McCann. Why would it not be Brian McCann? Um, <laughs> this reminds me of one more thing, because I personally read the wind-up quite a bit. I love the writing in it. Uh, what is your favorite thing that Grant Brisby has ever texted you? Oh my gosh. I don't I don't know that there's it. We were we were not sure if we could put the last one actually in the wind up. Like we weren't sure he he referenced uh Orbit's ostrich and if you're not familiar Orbit the Astros mascot has a quote unquote ostrich that he rides around. And um I will let you all google that on your own and determine what it looks like. Oh it no. Up, it it came up in the conversation. Um and Grant sent me a picture of Orbit riding his ostrich. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if we can put this in there, but I'm going to try it and see <laughs> if anybody takes it out. And nobody took it out. Um, those texts every week, by the way, always run at least 10 or 15 texts longer, and they're always unprintable. And I'm sorry to tease you with that because I'm, all, I'm 100% not showing them to anybody. Um, Grant is one of the best like tornado brained people in the entire world i've read him since i don't know probably 15 years however long he's been writing back at sb nation 
I'm a huge Grant Brisby fan, and the fact that I just get to text him every Tuesday now and put that in a newsletter is uh, it's really funny to me that they just let me do that, and I have not gotten fired yet. Yeah, I realized I didn't give anybody else any context. <laughs> uh, our friend Levi Weaver here writes the, the wind-up. It is a news, baseball newsletter on The Athletic. You should read it. And one of the subsections in that newsletter is simply texting his colleague Grant Brisby about whatever he seems to want to talk about, and it's always fascinating, sometimes baseball-related, a lot of times anywhere related and it's 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 really fantastic and it is one of the many reasons that you should read our guy levi weaver in the wind up at the athletic i'm so glad you guys like it because i was just certain i've made it a habit not to read the comment section and i'm just i in the back of my mind i'm sure that people are just like what is this this is ridiculous please stop so thank you i i appreciate that you like the thing that i like the most you can find him on Twitter at 3-2-EFIS. He is the writer of The Wind-Up, the MLB newsletter for The Athletic. Friend of 105 through the fan and the get-right, Levi Weaver of The Athletic. Good enough to join us here covering all things Major League Baseball. Levi, thank you so much for the time on this Thursday night. Appreciate it, sir. Anytime. We'll talk to you guys soon. There he goes. Levi Weaver of The Athletic covering all things Major League Baseball in your home of the Rangers. 105-3, the fan. 28-22 with about a minute left in the first quarter. LeBron James, 12 points for the Los Angeles Lakers. They're up by six as we get ready to end the first quarter in Golden State. Coming up next, though, on the get right, three keys between the Kraken and the Stars as they get ready to drop the puck at the American Airlines Center. It's the get right. We'll talk about it next on 105-3, the fan. Three keys as the Kraken get ready to take on the stars at the American Airlines Center. It's the get right with Reggie KG on 105. Three, the fan, Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, Alec Med for holding down for you here. Shout out to Ricochet. You don't know who Ricochet is, do you? Actually, don't even worry about Ricochet. Who you should concern yourself with is Samantha Irvin. That's who you should concern yourself with. Just gonna leave that right there for you. God so, is great. <laughs> you had to do a live version of that, didn't you? There you go. It's a wrestling thing. You wouldn't know anything about that, clearly. The the confused look, if you see him on Twitch, if you see Reg on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dallas fan cam and on YouTube as well. I think he's confused by the idea of a wrestler named Ricochet. Is that where your confusion lies? In in, in part, there's a lot of things happening. Just don't worry about it. <laughs> It's it's a char- it's a it's a comic book character named Ricochet though somewhere ain't it? Um, I don't know. I don't know. It should be. Hmm. It should be. Well, there's definitely a professional wrestler. I'm sure there is named Ricochet for sure, and he gets to thank God every morning for what he has. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's a DC comic character, Ricochet. Gotcha. Gotcha. Hmm, there you go. Three keys to the Kraken. And the Stars, game two of the second round Western Conference matchup about to take place at the AAC. Sorry, Marvel. Anyways. Uh, shout out to Peyton. Peyton got, by the way, he tweeted out his seats. Good seats. Well, it's because he ain't the one who got them. <laughs> if he got them, he'd be sitting outside. Probably wouldn't be there. Not going to lie to you. Probably wouldn't be there. He'd be in the parking garage. <laughs> <laughs> trying to see it through that leak, that hole that that, that be leaking all the time. That's very wow. wow, wow! He came for the building. He came for the building. I'm not even shading Peyton. I'd be sitting right next to him if I had to pay for my seats. Oh, wow! What do you mean, wow? No, just 
Uh, by the way, it's funny that you mentioned that because the Warriors are playing. There is not, there's got to be nothing more embarrassing than when your homeboys, your fellow governors, show up to your building. Hey, hey, Mark, Mark, hey, that's a leak. That's a leak. Mark's like, hey, look, look, Joe. Joe Lakeham, I'm talking about. I'm sure I'm sure Mark is like, yeah, I know it's a leak. That's why I've been trying to get them to build me this sort of stadium over here. Keep it low. <laughs> Mark said, I'm going to take my own money and just go build more. Yeah, Mark's like, hey, dog, I already got the land. Be quiet. You're making it hot. Can y'all come fix this, please? Come fix this. Thanks. Anyways, that building will be hosting some hockey tonight. Stars. That's right. Stars. And game number two. Hey, uh, can we put out an APB for a certain Stars player? Oh, is it is it uh, 21? Yeah, man, because Jason Robertson. How about this? My man Joe Pavelski in a game and a half in the playoffs so far, more points than Jason Robertson. That is completely inexcusable for the Hart Trophy candidate. Completely inexcusable. Yeah, he's had his issues five on five, and I would really, I really hope that uh, that would come around. But we're still sitting here waiting, which is. It's really unfortunate because that's been a large part of what you've done well this season. So hopefully he can get something going as well, like find some level of rhythm in this series. Um, yeah, like I'm, I, I've already given you my some a, a, a look into my psyche of terrified playoff hockey watcher because of the way that the the Kraken seem to play. And open play in the way that they seemed really, really fast compared to a Stars team that I thought was going to be pretty, uh, do pretty well in fast open ice. Well, one thing that we hope won't happen tonight that happened in game one is that the fact the Kraken scored, what, three goals in 52 seconds? Yeah. Yeah, I like, mean, that was absurd. <laughs> that's something that a lot of folks have looked at as anomalous, right? Agreed. That, that, that probably won't happen again. And you have to hope so because you let that happen and the likelihood you're not winning that, that uh, hockey game. But yeah, and I I also understand that, but that has added somehow added more to my fear, like that they are capable of doing mm. that. Because again, in watching it happen, it did not feel like something that was entirely um, lucky. I mean, they just seemed like they were a team that could go quickly and make these things happen. Back to Robertson, real quick: two goals, five assists in seven games so far, averaging literally a point a game. That's that can't happen. Uh, he's got to be able to show up a little bit better. Uh, five on five because they, they're going to they, they need him yeah they need him uh they're going to have a chance to win this series by the way teams that take a 2-0 series lead in a best of seven 343 and 55 oh that's pretty uh definitive in stanley cup playoff history so you might want to win game two if you're the stars knowing the history that sits in front of you if you don't speaking of winning that is what the Kraken have done on the road so far in these playoffs. Shout out to them for being 4-1 so far on the road in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Kraken, who have got a bunch of guys that score a bunch of – they've got a lot of guys that score goals. Not a bunch of guys that score a bunch of goals. They've got a lot of guys that score goals. Right. There's a big difference. Um, but they have done that to the tune of a 4-1 start on the road so far. So, again, protecting home ice tonight, paramount for the Stars, given what they are facing if they do not. Oh, people are telling you to not shout out the Kraken. You got to be careful about that, KG. Don't be shouting out the, the competition here. Well, hell, I mean, look, what they did in game one. Look, Pavelski gets all the credit in the world for literally putting the stars in their entire franchise on his back after coming back from the concussion. 
But look, Seattle is not to be trifled with. This is a team that's already taken out the reigning Stanley Cup champions in the Colorado Avalanche, and they have proven to you that they are not afraid of coming into your building and winning. So you might want to show them the proper respect that they are due because of what they've done so far, and they are not afraid to come into your building and to take a win, and they're looking to do it again tonight. And apparently they're not afraid to get a little physical. We are already uh, less than a minute into the game, which has uh, started, and we got Jamie Benn tussling with one of these cracking guys um, in the corner. So, yeah, that's... I don't think it would behoove the uh, the Kraken to, you know, try to muck it up. They've got a lot of speed, and they're able to... Oh, that's Jamie Alexiak. Hey. Yeah. Oh, you remember that name? Welcome back. Uh-huh. Welcome back to Dallas, buddy. Uh-huh. Yeah. He knows a little something as he uh, gets the early penalty. And was- All right. Well, this is this is one of the things I would like them to do better is, like, actually score on power plays because that's something that they didn't take advantage of very well in game one. And we'll see if they're able to do so in game number two. Uh, finally, from NHL.com, the three keys to game number two between the Kraken and the Stars. Pavelski power. <laughs> I mean, look. We're just going to lean all the way in. Give My- us a FOMO. <laughs> it's funny because I, I was thinking about you as Seven Pavelski. goals that you don't have to lose. Look here, man. He tried to give you all the goals that he could <laughs> to win that game by himself in game one. And he damn near did it. Uh, unfortunately, they fell short in overtime. Oh, well, I, I, I forgot Ben also went to the box, so this is just four-on-four four hockey. Did you just see that stupid three LeBron just made? No, because I was looking at the <laughs> hockey. This is going to be tough all night. Trying to keep track I know, of trying to keep up things. with both. But yeah, LeBron hit uh, a three fading away off the backboard uh, to be able to tie the game at 40. But look, man, and Joe Pavelski, you trust. And uh, you're not going to expect him to score, you know, multiple goals in a game. I think, again, in this series. But at the same time, his lift, his emotional lift and what he did in game one, I think will be able to carry forward for the rest of the series, knowing that he's able to provide that offensive punch the way that he did in game one. And specifically the way that he does it, yes. being in front of the net and, you know, creating chaos in front of the net. Ex- yes, exactly. Like yes. what he does, he does very well and it's very important. So hopefully him getting back on his grind, you know, and just being out on the ice in general after, you know, his extended uh, missed time. Is going. I I hope will be helpful in just lifting the spirits of the squad, but also helping all these guys, particularly Jason Robertson, get back to scoring ways. Stars and cracking. The puck has dropped at the American Airlines Center as the Stars look to even up their series at one game apiece, coming off of what was a historic performance by Joe Pavelski, although in a losing effort, as the Kraken won in overtime, five to four. Series moves to Seattle after game number two. It's going to be a hot crowd tonight. At the double AC. It's the get right. Reggie KG right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, a little NFL conversation for you. The top 10 instant impact rookies going into this upcoming NFL season. Did Mozzie Smith make this list? Let's talk about it next on the get right. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.